Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson razor. Henson razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. Right now at Safeway, earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you. Shop for items like Ready Whip Whipped Cream, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dan and Danimals Drinks, Philadelphia Cream Cheese, and 7-Up to earn four times rewards points with Safeway for you. Offer expires January 4th. Plus, get select holiday essentials like gift wraps, bags, holiday decor, lights, and more. Buy one, get one 50% off. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. It is the Custard TV podcast, the TV podcast for TV lovers run by three TV obsessives. Your TV obsessive this week are myself, Luke, editor of thecustardtv.com, Matt, who's in the northern area. Hello. 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 And hello. And uh, Helen Daly from the Express. Hello. Hello. Aside from podcast homework, what else have you been watching, Helen? Uh, I obviously tuned into ne- Leaving Neverland, which is probably a bit of a, a wormhole that we don't want to go down. But um, <laughs> yeah, that I was. Could, um... I couldn't stop watching that. I, w- I didn't watch. I watched all four hours, and I just found it absolutely captivating. And I, it's one of the best documentaries on that subject. Not that I've seen a ton. I was sort of obsessed with it and I did a lot of internet research afterwards. Yeah, I thought it was actually um, one of the more interesting ones about it. It it didn't shy away from anything by any means, um, no. which I guess you kind of need in something like this in a really um, awful way. You need to hear that horror. The way that they filmed it was kind of beautiful. You know, they had this these amazing shots of America with... Mm. Of Disney tunes, I, I feel I don't know if you recognised it, but there were some like actual Disney tunes in it. Really um, slowed down. Yeah, I was I was trying to hum them and like think what they were. I think I feel like I'm Cinderella or something. <laughs> so but... how you weren't as invested in the documentary as you realised when you're. Listening <laughs> yeah, to I, know, I was just listening to the tunes. <laughs> Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com On the show today, we're going to be discussing four brand new shows. Uh, Home, Channel 4's new comedy, Afterlife from Ricky Gervais. That's all on Netflix, you to binge. New ITV drama, Cheat, which is stripped across next week with all four episodes playing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And brand new BBC Two drama, Mother, Father, Son, from uh, the assassination of Gianni Versace writer Tom Rob Smith. But first, in his cupboard, Matt has the answers to this week's social media question. Well, do you want to set it up? Because this was your social media. And it was quite a hard one this week, wasn't it? You, you, was, you set this one up. I was very proud of this. This <laughs> came from a, from a late night where I just couldn't get to sleep. And instead of counting sheep, I thought, what can I ask the people of Twitter? So it was, if you met somebody that had never owned a television, never seen anything on TV, what three shows would you show them to convince them of its brilliance? 
Uh, I will go first, as is my right on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I think I would show them Gogglebox mm. because it because it sort of shows. That's cheating, how... really, isn't it? Well, no, it isn't, <laughs> no, it's not really because it shows how invested people get in television, and it's sort of people commenting on the worst and the best of the medium. So I think I'd go with that. I'd also show them the first episode of Killing Eve because I've I've watched that several times with different groups of people and I've never seen anyone that didn't like that first episode and felt immediately aghast to see more. So Gogglebox and Killing Eve. The third one was harder because I got two of sort of the similar genre, sort of funny and easy watch. I think I'd actually show them something like, um, and this will get Matt's goat, but something like Planet Earth, which is just really get some amazing shots and some amazing uh, action that you can't see anywhere else other than on shows like that. So those would be the three. Because I, I don't think... You can't judge what people would think of comedies and dramas are harder, but those three I think you'd watch and go, yes, I need to invest in a TV licence. I found this uh, actually really tough because, you know, what? where do you even start with, like, genre and stuff, I guess? Yeah. Uh, I instantly thought of Game of Thrones because, you know, you can't avoid that it's the biggest show on TV at the minute. And in terms of film value, it's beautiful, it's gripping, it's thrilling. And I think you want a bit of fantasy, really, when you watch TV. Or at least I do. Um, Sorry, can I just say that was mine as well? That was mine. For similar reasons, it's just sort of to show the scope of TV, really, because in terms of visuals and storytelling aspects... As it goes on, yeah, I, I I had that as my first one as well. And I think as well along that line, I went with, for my second one, I went with Doctor Who, but that's also because it's my favourite show ever. That shows you the possibilities, again, of TV. So which, is... which Doctor would you show them? Uh, it would have to be Matt Smith, the 11th Doctor. Okay. Controversial, okay. probably. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's whimsical, it's funny, you know, these are great alien lands, the CGI is great on it. And I thought, yeah, that would be... I think that would be a good watch for someone. Okay, and your third and final pick? This one was hard. I thought, um, you know, I'd want to show them something funny because that's what I like watching and kind of inspired on this week's TV discussion. I went with The Office from Ricky Gervais just because it's one of the best comedies. You know, it's also unique. Um, and it kind of turns the mundane into something quite wonderful. So that's why I picked The Office. Helen stole one of yours quite yep. cruelly. So what's the other two? Right. So the <laughs> next one for me would be, as I said, like showing the scope in terms of Game of Thrones. Another thing, sort of this sort of hu- humanity aspect of TV. I, I think you went with that for Gogglebox to an extent. Mine would be um, Michael Apted's Up series of documentaries, the the Seven Up <laughs> You're Sorry, so highbrow. I know. <laughs> well, I thought that would be a good way of sort of showing the power of TV in another way. Do you know what I mean? That would be my second one. And my third one, um, like Helen said, just um, something, a little bit of comedy. I would go with Golden Age Simpsons. Mm. <laughs> um, sort of season four, five. Someone who'd never seen it before would have a sort of preconception of a cartoon to start off with. And then when the comedy came and the sort of, the level of humour, depending on your age, everyone gets something out of The Simpsons. Certainly in that sort of era. Those would be my three. <laughs> what did everybody else say? Deborah Shrewsbury at Shrewd Kitty. Um, the Larry Sanders show, Line of Duty and Unforgotten, um, because all three are fine examples of great TV writing. 
Tanya Berry says the Sopranos porridge and I can't choose between Sergeant Bilko or Frasier all mainly chosen because the writing characters and actors were so simpatico um, that's not a word we use often enough on <laughs> no, podcast. no no we need to write that down and just slot it in occasionally proper podcast uh, said Sopranos halt and catch fire and our friends in the north all brilliantly written and all broke my heart in some way that's never really left. And if I could add a fourth, I don't know if Luke's going to allow you ca- it. You can't, I'm sorry. Okay. You get, that's not within the parameters of the but question. But they, they said the original Brideshead revisited. Erin um, said, line of duty, uh, example of great drama, car share, an example of great comedy, and inside number nine, which is a good one, a show that does both and pushes the boundaries of what television could be. That's an interesting choice, actually. Gary says... Rather predictably, the X-Files, Twin Peaks and the West Wing. This shows I've got an empty life because I read that and I got quite irritated by it. Because Twin Peaks is a show that people love that they don't understand. They they can watch it over and over again. They have no idea what's going on. And you want to subject somebody who's never seen a TV show in their life to one of the most confusing and bizarre (laughs) shows in the history of television. Sort yourself out. Palm at Palm by the Sea um, says Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Parks and Recreation and Happy Valley to highlight badass and awesome female protagonists. Angus T also says Buffy, um, adding Victoria Wood has seen on TV and Nurse Jackie. That's an interesting triple bill. Uh, great writing and in their own way something to say plus brilliant performances is what he says there. Serious TV Watcher says The Wire, Game of Thrones and yes... Twin Peaks again, Luke. Oh, God. Only if I thought they would get it. I suppose, who is this person? Is this someone that you, <laughs> that you know? <laughs> you just meet them randomly, <laughs> randomly on the street and discover they haven't got a TV um, and you need to take them round to yours. They also say, Halt and Catch Fire and Friday Night Lights. Um, mm-hmm. I always thought it made the very ordinary seem extraordinary. Our friend Mo Walker at Dr. Mo 77, um, he's, he's done some really good explanations here. He's gone for Morse. Made me appreciate Jaguars, Oxford countryside and coppers who are able to solve a mystery, plus enjoy a good drink at the pub. Agrees with you, Helen. Doctor Who, playful sci-fi show that children to adults can enjoy that continuously reinvents itself. And another one for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Historical TV website. Uh, agrees with you, Luke, to a sense as Blue Planet 2, modern nature wildlife documentary with stunning picture quality. Uh, Frasier, basically how to do a studio-based sitcom with an ensemble cast, also showing a US perspective. And get this one, Bagpuss, classic <laughs> animated fantasy storytelling for children. Uh, Walter Dunlop at Walter Dunlop. Um, I, Claudius, for the storytelling for the performances for everything else. Hancock's Half Hour, The Human Condition, all in its frailties, beautifully and hilariously dissected. And another Doctor Who, every kind of story, every kind of place, and rollicking adventures of the best kind. Ern Malley uh, says Columbo, scripting, characterization, plot and great acting. Pennies from Heaven, a thriller, a musical, a love story. The anatomy of a relationship, courtroom drama, a show that can make a cl- uh, classroom sing. And Hon- Hancock's Half Hour, Just Because. Uh, we've got a couple more. Um, Double 12 Yates says Connections. James Burke's educational masterpiece. Blackadder 2 because it's hilarious. And The Prisoner, which is another sort of confusing one, isn't it? Exercises the mind and is so bizarre at times. Um, we can't go past this one without mentioning Lauren Jones, who says Line of Duty for the edge of your seat twists and turns. Sopranos because it's still my favourite series ever. And another one for... 
um, Attenborough Blue Planet 2 because it was just mind-blowing. And a couple of people who just put, picked the one, Russell Coates, says, got to be the A-team. And Bullseye, obviously, we'd have to say to them, you can't be a bit of bully. The <laughs> official Bullseye account tweeted us that one. Yeah, I feel there might be some bullseye bias there. I've just got <laughs> an idea that that might, that might be the case. You're listening to the Custard TV Podcast. The official podcast of thecustardtv.com. Helen has her own uh, Netflix podcast. And um, we're going to be talking about Ricky Gervais' Afterlife. We're going to start with that because it started on Friday. It's all there, all six episodes to watch on the streaming service. Do you want to set up, Helen, what this is, the basic building block to what it's about and uh, and all that, and then we can talk about our views on it? Yeah, so this um, sees Ricky Gervais as the lead character called Tony. He um, works on a local newspaper, which, um, you know, is, it's not struggling, but it's not exactly breaking news, I guess. Um, and he sadly lost his wife, Lisa, played by the wonderful Kerry Godleman. Um, to cancer earlier in the year and he is struggling to come to terms with the loss of his wife Um, and you know you see throughout the series that he contemplates suicide a lot Um, in the style of Ricky Gervais you know it's very risky it's very you know at parts it's very funny and at parts it's very very tragic I've seen all six and I think to be honest it's best to do it in the way that I did it which was just sit down and binge it for three hours. Um, you know, they're between 20 and half an hour um, episodes each. And I think the best way to watch it is all in one. If you're watching this, then I'm not around anymore. But don't spiral, don't obsess. Keep going. So how are you? A good day is when I don't go around wanting to shoot random strangers in the face and then turn the gun on myself. Bad then. Stay active. It's not ideal to be a fat, lazy, self-pitying lump. Dido! What? Pedo! I'm not a pedo. And if I was, you'd be sacred, tubby little ginger. You know how grumpy you get when things don't go your way? You've got such a good heart. You're born like it. You're just decent. This is Sandy. If you could show her the ropes, tell her what's what. Humanity is a plague. We're a disgusting, selfish parasite. And the world would be a better place without us. Is that the sort of thing you meant? I have to say, I... Right now at Safeway, save on all your favorite home scents and cleaning products for a fresh, clean home. Shop for deals on items like Glade candles and plug-ins, Febreze air fresheners, Clorox cleaners, Swiffer wet cloths, or Scotch-Brite sponges. Plus, deck the halls and shop for deals on items like mini light sets, holiday wrapping paper, holiday candles, and holiday cards. Offer expires December 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for full offer details. I'm a huge Ricky Gervais fan. Um, you know, as I've said before, I picked The Office. And, you know, I like all of his other stuff as well. There's, you know, the bittersweet uh, sitcoms like Derek. So I watched Afterlife not really knowing what it was going to be about, um, which maybe that I should have actually read what it was going to be about first. I found it tricky to watch, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, there's times which are really harrowing. And, you know, you see Tony you know, attempt to take his own life, which is never, ever easy to watch. You know, if you are suffering from issues like that, you know, seek help with it because this is what the the show is about, you know. It's about talking to friends, talking to professionals, you know, and and getting some help. Um, In terms of if I enjoyed it or not, I think, you know, I wasn't laughing that much. There were some really funny moments, especially with the um, ginger kid at school. I think everyone knows that one trailer. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I know I didn't find it as funny, um, but I, I couldn't stop watching it. So maybe I was gripped by it. Um, yeah, it was, it was a tricky one, but um, I don't know. I was interested to find out what you guys thought about it, actually. Well, see, I have a similar relationship with Gervais. I love The Office. I love Dexter's. I didn't love Derek. I thought that pushed things a bit too far. And, and Life's Too years, Short, you went to fan of. Oh, either. yeah, Life's Too Short. I didn't really understand why... Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant had to place themselves in that because it was, you know, at the heart of it, Warwick Davis's show. But this is his first, first TV thing in six years, and I have to admit, I only watched the first three episodes. I wasn't invested, and in I was hit emotionally by the Kerry Godleyman stuff. I thought she does a superb job with a yeah. very tri- tricky role, and there wasn't a part of me that didn't believe and feel empathy with what she was able to do. But I I just found it a bit disconnected. I think a lot of it was just vignettes of him meeting these people and bringing them down a peg. You know, the the first episode he met Joe Joe Wilkinson's postman and had a bit of a row with him, and then he met him again in the second one. And so he seemed to go around meeting these people and sort of taking them down, and it didn't really hang together very well for me. I also think that Ricky Gervais, because he's so exposed on Twitter nowadays, you sort of know his viewpoints and things, and I just thought that this was another way of getting his views across, because I've heard him in the past talk about how he's irritated by loud people chewing in a restaurant, and how he doesn't like people being rude, and how being older has allowed him to sort of get away with saying more. I found some of the language a bit unnecessary. I'm not a prude, but sometimes it grated on me the amount of the amount of words he was able to use, which Netflix don't really curtail or tell him not to use. I don't know. I wanted to really like it because I am a Gervais fan, but I didn't feel emotionally connected to Tony as a character. I did enjoy the scenes between him and David Bradley, who plays his father, and him and Penelope Wilton, who is this mm. widow, who he meets at the at the uh, grave. I had a horrible feeling she would turn out to be a ghost, but thankfully she didn't. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Ghost Town. That's oh, a film yeah, yeah, a few years with Greg Kinnear, yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of people saying it's the best thing he's done possibly ever, and I, I mm. perhaps should have watched all six to get an idea of that, but I don't like this idea that you have to watch all six, because... If if you feel like yeah. that, you make make it a film. You know, don't make it an episodic TV series. Make it a film that we have to sit through the whole thing rather than little half hours. But what did you think, Matt? I I felt I had to sit through six. Just well, to, no, that's good. I I wish I just could to have, sort. Yeah, just to sort. You know, experience it all and just have that opinion of the whole th- the thing as a whole. I wasn't as massively into the office as everyone else. I quite liked extras. My favourite thing he's done is actually the film Cemetery Junction. I think I'm in is probably a boat of one there. Yeah, for, plenty of room I, for you to move around yes, in the boat. Exactly. I found this very sort of tonally imbalanced. That's where I'm sitting on this. Yeah. You know, it goes from the scenes of, um, you know, he's working at this local free paper and going to interview these people who, like, you know, the baby who looks like Hitler and and the woman who's made rice pudding out of her breast milk, things like that, to a scene where someone's died of a heroin overdose. Again, I agree with you about Kerry Godleyman. Those scenes where he's watching the videos of her are probably the most powerful. It felt very sort of formulaic to me as well. You know, every episode you'd have a scene with him and Penelope Wilton him at the office, him 
uh, you know, at the home with David Bradley. I thought the the supporting cast were tremendous, though. That that for me was was the main strength of this. Um, I really liked, uh, as you said, David Bradley. Um, Roisin Conaty actually, I thought was very good, even though she had quite a small role in this. It's it's not something sort of mind blowing and revolutionary like people are saying on Twitter. And, and and one thing as well, I don't see where Tony always seems to have loads and loads of money in his wallet, and I'm not quite sure why because he works on the local paper. Maybe I shouldn't have been focusing on that, but that no. was one. <laughs> that was Maybe something. Maybe you, you went know, too he's, deep. He's going he's going around buying all these drugs and you know paying Roshin Conaty fifty pounds to clean his house and things like that. You know, and you see his wallet, and he's always it's always full of twenty pound notes, and that really sort of fascinated me. <laughs> and also a lot of people seem to seem to have been drawn to the dog for some reason as well. I saw a lot of tweets yesterday of people just sort of watching it with their dogs, which, which you know, seemed a bit weird. But there you go. He- Helen, while I was watching this, because you do your, your Netflix podcast as well, there aren't many shows on Netflix, and this would fall into the category that you'd want to revisit, are there? Once you've done them, you've sort of done them. Yeah. What do you think about whether you'd ever re-watch this or anything else on on Netflix really I don't I don't think I'd rewatch it again and it's purely because I know you've just you know said about watching all six episodes but for me I needed to see how it ended because you need that kind of closure at the end of it so yeah I don't think I'd sit down and watch all six again because it is quite draining it is quite um that last episode as well is where he sort of packed all the sentimentality into it which felt a bit cloying after five episodes of being quite sort of sarcastic and things like that and it's oh I've turned my life around now I like everybody well that's it as well because Ricky Mm. you know he does emotional so well we've all cried at the office I know Derek has mixed reviews but I personally like couldn't stop crying at some of the scenes in the care home this I didn't once cry at it I didn't once get kind of emotional about it I didn't have that instant reaction and I think it is because of the the tone of it because you don't know whether you're going to get a comedy scene or you're going to get potentially Tony taking his own life scene next you you just don't know what's coming and you can't I, I couldn't relax into it I don't think no mm, I, I think the that. the only sort of emotional gravitas I thought the, the scenes that it had that in with the scenes with Penelope Wilton I thought she brought that sort of emotion to it the scenes where where she was with him actually I thought were the most emotional for me personally while we're on comedy let's talk about Channel 4's new six-parter called Home. I mean, this is created um, by Rufus Jones, who stars as um, Peter, who's a quantity surveyor. He's in a new relationship with um, Katie, who's a teacher, and she's got a teenage son. Um, It starts with them returning from a French holiday and opening their boot, they find a uh, Syrian refugee who's who's stowed away, um, called Sammy. Uh, stowed away while they were getting petrol in Calais and then it's just the first episode he's basically sort of setting up the premise that Sammy finding an asylum in the UK and sort of moving into it that they make sort of um, great strides to tell you it's Katie's house and, and Peter's just sort of living there as well we've got a Syrian living with us now that's the sort of premise of the of the show going forward by the looks of things I'm going to be a massive hypocrite here because uh, just moments ago <laughs> I said Don't say we have to watch all six. Don't make us watch all six in one go. This is six as well. And actually, I feel like there was some stuff in this first episode that I I quite liked. But actually, I would have wanted to watch a second one just to get my feel for it and to see whether it's something I wanted to continue with. Because the humour is quite broad. It's quite gentle. 
it's quite sweet natured, but again, it's it's not really. It doesn't jump out at you and say this is this is great, you know. And the humour's nice. You can't be offended by it. And I think it's interesting that we're getting this sort of subject matter bleeding into comedy. But yeah, I don't know after that first one whether I'm going to come back next Tuesday and watch others. If I'd have had the opportunity to watch more, maybe I'd have continued. Yeah, I think the same. I think if I had them all in front of me, I would have watched them. But I have to say, as I was watching it, I was getting distracted. It wasn't really. Yeah. Gripping there me were too. No Disney tunes in the soundtrack. <laughs> no, I wasn't humming along. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I thought you know it's an interesting premise. It's quite timely. Um, you know, they could have maybe pushed the jokes a little bit more. I didn't yeah. find them particularly that strong. You have this really interesting first scene when um, Sammy arrives and he's like, "Oh, so where am I?" And like, you're in Dorking, and he's like, "Oh." Dorkin and then like mm. you know they, they could have set up something really interesting there but I think they didn't they maybe missed a bit of a trick but no I, I don't think I'll be tuning in next week sadly also it reminded me of like a it's gonna sound awful but like a kid's show where a, a young boy would bring somebody home and the family aren't sure. you, you know what I was thinking because you mentioned it in the last podcast in, in Boxmaster Alf <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I just felt a bit too much like, how are they going to shoehorn their sort of connection to Sammy? Like, in my, my favourite Syrian instead of my favourite Martin. Yeah, it was a bit like that. It was like, mm. you know, this character that was from another planet almost. And, yeah. the, you mm. know, the chocolate spread gag I didn't like. They were like little side mm. gags, but the big ones didn't really hit home mm. for me. I thought for me, it's the sort of the quieter, more dramatic moments that worked, you know, where. Um, you just see him, Sammy, sitting on the on the wall next to the house, and the um, Katie, Rebecca, it's Rebecca Staten, isn't it? Um, comes out and and let, have a chat about his family and things like that. That sort of worked more than the sort of comedic elements. Again, it's sort of it's hard to set that sort of tone, and I mm. I, I didn't like as well the fact that he'd come into this. The, you know, it's this sort of unstable relationship between. Peter and Katie as well. That scene at the end was quite nice where, um, you know, um, Sammy and Peter are on the sofa and they're having that little bond and stuff. And I thought, maybe this could go somewhere again. Like, you know, that that kind of scene was the only thing that I would have that would have made me continue should I have yeah. had episode two there for me. I think I'm going to give it another go. Often Channel 4 do take a chance on these sort of comedies and you do some, get something out of it some of the time. And it would have been good, yes, to get another episode but i think i'm gonna try and check it out and make a decision based on on the second episode where it goes from there sort of thing because this was sort of a lot of setup we'd love to hear from you drop us an email custard tv reviews at gmail.com i've shot myself in the foot here helen <laughs> quite eloquently summed up afterlife you've just done home really well and now i'm left with BBC Two's new drama, Mother, Father, Son. Okay. Just do, so, hit the bullet points, hit the bullet points. I will hit the bullet points. So this is an eight-part new drama, Wednesday nights on BBC Two from Tom Robsmith, who brought us a show last year that I was absolutely captivated by, uh, The Assassination of Gianni Versace. This is about a sort of media mogul family led by Richard Gere, who played Max, and his son, Caden, played by brilliant Billy Howell, uh, he's sort of overseeing the media empire in the UK. Uh, and there's uh, his mother, played by Helen McCrawley, Catherine, is working 
a sort of a homeless shelter and befriends Joseph Moore's character and there's a little threesome between them. Uh, and you sort of see the influence of Richard Gere's character because he's he's sort of in all the right places. He's meeting up with new prime ministers and candidates and seeing who he wants to back with the paper. And then towards the end of the episode, which is what the series is, is going to be about going forward, Caden, Billy Howell's character, has a massive stroke. Right now at Safeway, earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you. Shop for items like Ready Whip Whipped Cream, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dan and Danimals Drinks, Philadelphia Cream Cheese, and 7-Up to earn four times rewards points with Safeway for you. Offer expires January 4th. Plus, get select holiday essentials like gift wraps, bags, holiday decor, lights, and more. Buy one, get one 50% off. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime time anywhere even at 30,000 feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and uh, the family are forced to come together after being quite disparate after all those years how was that that'll do um, yeah, yeah yeah there was a lot to sort of unpick in there you missed I mean, the whole thing loads, with the, missed, the undercover investigation that's going on as well you know <laughs> yeah the first scene where there's the girl going missing and stuff that feels completely sort of divorced from what happens afterwards right so helen why don't you start us off on this did you go to the screening didn't you of this one yeah i went to the screening and um again i have a bit of a habit of it uh, um at the minute of walking into a screening not knowing what I'm actually seeing. Um, I find it quite exciting doing that. So, yeah, I didn't really... walk around town with a blindfold on, take it off and go, I didn't (laughs) expect to be here. Yeah, (laughs) but you're like, oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, stumbled into this one, not really knowing what it was going to be about, and I was completely captivated, I have to say. This is one of my picks that I've been telling everyone in the office to catch up on. Richard Gere is just mesmerizing in the role Helen McCrory is obviously fabulous and Billy Howell I've never really seen him in anything and I just thought he he plays such an incredible part and you know that the drama just from the first episode is brutal it's funny it's harrowing and you have all of these emotions within an hour um and I, I honestly felt completely shocked by the end of it I could not wait for the second episode and um, yeah, I'm recommending it to everyone. I have to be honest. The the sex scene in it was one of the worst mm. I've ever seen. Yeah, um, watching yeah. that in a room with other people was just. A- <laughs> it was awkward. I mean, the, everyone I was sitting around was gasping, and you know, and especially the end scene um, when there's the open brain surgery. Yeah, that was very graphic. As it well. was hard to watch, but I think again, it was necessary because you know you see in the worst kind of family relationship happening, and you need that kind of horror almost to match the horror of the family um that's what i felt but yeah it was um the the screening was tense actually (laughs) it was very tense but yeah i did i did enjoy it why don't you talk next matt because you went to the uh, why don't we leave the one person who didn't go to the screening till last yeah (laughs) yes because i was there as well and i I, similar similar feelings um I, i i really i think helen mccrory and 
Joseph Moore, those scenes were my favourites, definitely. Um, I, I I just find her such a captivating screen presence in anything she's mm. in. Mm. Um, Richard Gere, I struggled with a little bit. Um, I found he was sort of quite, he, he did it quite big. Every, all of his scenes were quite big. I don't think he put enough sort of charm to the role. That's, that's something I would expect from Richard Gere. Billy Howell, I thought, did better as you learnt more about the character, learnt he's sort of like, the, you know, he was trying to sort of live up to his father's expectations of him. You know, he had this very sort of empty life. And then I thought he acted out the, the scene with the stroke superbly. I thought he was brilliant oh, in that scene. I, I'm interested to see where all the strands go. Again, this is one where you need at least one more episode to sort of make a judgment on where you're going to go with it. But I found some of the scenes a little bit obtuse as well. There's that scene where they're talking about accoutrement, and I just found that a bit, you know. But I remember I looking back... I need to back, educate you a bit. I'm always look, talking about that. Looking <laughs> back to the assassination of Gianni Versace, I think we both thought that the first episode was the weakest, and it's as it went on... And as you learn more about the characters, I mean, they did the sort of the flashbacky thing with Versace. And I think reading some of the press notes here, they do that with this as well. You see Catherine and Max, their sort of relationship beginning, I believe. I haven't seen any of the rest of the series, but I think that's something that they do do. So I think you learn more about the characters as you go on. So I think this is sort of, this is like the starting point for the series. And it, it's going to sort of take a couple of episodes to sort of realise where it's going. He'll survive. How can you know that? Because he was born fighting. I watched him arrive into this world more dead than alive. Umbilical cord around his neck. Skin was blue. And he hung on. Only you could speak about the birth of my child as though I went there. You were there, but you didn't see. Yeah, you're right. I couldn't see. There were doctors, nurses huddled around him. But I didn't need to see. I knew. when they handed him to me. The most beautiful, fragile little boy. Yes. Barely ready for this world. Yes, 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 yes. And when you step forward to take him from me, I had an instinct. I, I have to say I really, really like this. I think, for me, it helped knowing that it's written by somebody that I already sort of admire, so I was willing to take a gamble on it, even in the bits that I was more unsure by. I thought, well, this is going somewhere, he knows what he's doing, and I'm just going to go along and trust him on the journey. I'm also very pleased that it's an eight-episode thing, because we get those so rarely in the UK, and it just means that we're going to have a breadth of drama and more time to tell a, a story that could go in very different directions the stroke thing was really interesting helen mccrory fabulous as we always say 
Um, I've got two, three, four, and five, I think, in my preview section to watch, and I will binge them all, I think, because it is a show that once I start watching, I, do, I am entranced with. But I was surprised to read some reviews. Uh, Matt's is up on the website, as he says, but a lot of people calling it self-indulgent and silly and... I don't know. I don't. I don't think I agree with that at all. I think perhaps they were coming at it expecting it to be something that it turned out not to be. And I do think the sex scene put a lot of people off. And mm. I think it was perhaps, perhaps unnecessary. Really, uh, you know, I don't like things that are done specifically to shock. And I do feel like that was there for shock value. I have no desire to see that ever again. <laughs> but then, if you think back again to Versace, that had some. You know, that scene it did with it. With the easy lover always sticks in my mind. That's because you're a massive Phil Collins fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I, I, I would recommend this, actually, to, to most people, but I think it would be with the caveat that there are some some weird bits in and just go with them. and, and But then that I, does explain... the You know, it wasn't just there for shock value. You know, it had something... You know, it was showing you part of the character of Caden and his sort of insecurities and things like that. It wasn't just there for the shock. You did need it. And although it was hard to watch, you know, my opinion of Caden completely changed then. I didn't feel as sorry for him because I thought, okay, there's, um, you know, there's a kind of twisted soul behind this. So I didn't, you know, before I was like, oh, this guy's just messed up from his parents. But then I was like, mm. oh, okay, he's got some other issues as well. Although it was probably, you know, five steps too far. I did see why you needed it. Okay, so Mother, Father, Son is weekly, Wednesdays at 9 on BBC2. Maybe we've not sold it to you very well, but please stick with it because it is going to be one that I think will be worthy of discussion, perhaps in a later podcast as the the story moves on. And Richard Gere grated on me a little bit. I thought that he would know what shortbread was as well. I thought, there's no way he doesn't know what yeah, shortbread is. That was is. the first thing you brought up with me when we <laughs> talked about it after you'd seen it. Because you, having lived in America for years, you were like, well, they do know what shortbread is, though. Yeah. If that's the only issue I've got with the show, though, that's yeah. sh- shortbread and sex scenes, that's not too bad. Two of my least favourite things Just in the Just don't mix the two or you get crumbs all over the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're better than that, Matt. Just like I'm not, gonna... I'm really not. <laughs> Okay, and finally, ITV are taking a gamble playing one show next week over four nights. So when this has gone out, this podcast goes out on Tuesday, uh, you'll be halfway through, I suppose, series one of Well, well the, the first episode will have aired last night. Wait, so you're assuming people jump on this as soon yes. as it comes out? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what you're yeah, yeah, for their Tuesday morning commutes. <laughs> They're fixed, as yeah. it were. yeah. yeah. She is the brand new drama um, from Two Brothers Pictures, the Williams brothers who have been behind Liar and The Missing and all and Fleabag even. Yeah, relic. Let's not bring Relic into this. Um, and so, she is the new drama was, from them. Um, who, who, sorry, was um, what was the one with Hong Kong? John Sim was that Two Brothers as well? Yes, it was. Let's not bring strangers into it. Strangers. Uh, who wants to set up cheat then? Do you want to do it? Because I know I've watched all four, and Helen, you've watched all four as well, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So okay. if you do it, Luke, then you won't spoil anything. Well, the problem was I didn't realise that we had all four. I just, you <laughs> just, know. just sum it up quickly. <laughs> okay. 
Cheap is that brand new drama from those lighted stars. Catherine Kelly uh, from Corrie and other things. And Molly Windsor, who was most recently applauded by us on this very podcast for her portrayal in and, Three and Girls. And by BAFTA. Yeah, but I think from coming from us, it meant more to oh, okay, her, probably. Okay. okay. So, um, Catherine Kelly plays Leah. She's a university uh, professor who is teaching Rosie, Molly Windsor, and she gives her a bad grade. And all hell breaks loose from that, really. Molly Windsor's character, Rosie, just sets about destroying her life. And at least by this first episode, we're not sure what the what the meaning is behind it, whether there's more to it than just a scorned teenager. Um, and that's basically it, and it's going to be shown over four nights. It's a tense drama. You've watched the whole thing, Helen. Is that because you were obsessed with it or because you wanted to be a completist? Um, probably part of the completist in me, but um, <laughs> I have to say, you know, I, I was gripped by the story. I thought the story was quite interesting, um, and I was really looking forward to this one. Um, heard, you know, reports from people in the office that had gone to the screening that it was mm. the one to watch. Um, so, you know, I was really excited to start it, and I thought, great, sounds like a really interesting setup. I'm ready for it. And you know what sport it for you? What you you knew what was you knew what it was I about before you were in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad. I found the acting a little bit lacklustre, and I don't know if yeah. that was the dialogue, the script, which was an issue that I had with Strangers actually. Since we brought that up, I thought it's all right, <laughs> which is yeah. probably the worst thing I could say. But yeah, I found no, it it was all right. I found it really clunky, and I had a a, a similar issue where. I felt like I'd seen this drama before, but just with yeah. different people. So this was Liar with with Molly Windsor and Catherine Kelly, really. Yeah. Oh, just... I, I, I was comparing it to one that ITV did similar last year, which was Trauma. Mm. Oh, yeah, I didn't like that much either. No. Um, <laughs> but the, the thing was about it was I didn't really get um, sucked into the, the drama of it. Like, I wasn't on Molly no. Windsor's side... I wasn't really on Catherine and Kelly's side. I, I'll, I'll tell you why that is, if you want, for me, Please personally. Do. You know, I was thinking about trauma because it's very similar. I mean, this is what I would describe as sort of like the holiday novel type drama that ITV do sometimes, where it's not very well written, but the story, there's enough in that story to sort of keep turning the page and keep watching mm. for the next episode. Um, but the problem here is you don't really learn anything about why Rose is doing what she's doing until the second episode. Because Catherine Kelly's character, Leah, is just trying to sort of stick up for her sort of morals and she realises, you know, this is a plagiarised essay. What am I going to do about this? And it's it's sort of that sort of, you know, again, it's sort of like a single white female type thing like we saw maybe in The Replacement is another one where you could sort of link to this a little bit. But I, I think it takes too long for the writer Gabby Hull to actually show you why Rose is doing this. And I think it does improve from there on in. Molly Windsor's performance does improve when she's allowed to show you more of of her character. More and of, vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. And, just... and more of sort of her backstory um, without trying to sort of spoil anything. But that's where that's sort of where I saw it. It, it was too late into the drama for you to really sort of warm to either of these characters because Leah is quite cold as well in this first episode they do the look special don't they where they show you bits from the final you know where 
one of them is in prison and you don't know which one and then it's sort of this is what happened previously then we'll go back but but keep this in mind because this is the exciting bit but then they don't do that for the rest of the series they don't do any sort of flashbacks in two and three and then by the time you get to four it is that it is the content in that anyway so it's a bit of a weird way they play with the structure and things like that the the payoff is rewarding enough I don't know if you'd agree with that Helen yeah no I think to be honest when you were talking about the flashbacks I was thinking yeah when I saw the flashbacks and then when I saw the ending Mm. I wasn't wasn't surprised it wasn't enough of a twist for me I think they they tried to drop a red herring but actually just gave it away a bit that's what I Mm. felt what about this for the new shine? I didn't like the fact that Lorraine Ashbourne was Catherine Kelly's mum. I was like, she's not old enough to be Catherine Kelly's mum, surely. <laughs> <laughs> that took me out of it. I think she. I think she is, isn't she? I don't know, Matt. I didn't. Oh. Normally, you know, I'm all about the research, but I didn't go yeah. looking any further into it. It's one you don't really have to concentrate on very much. Yeah, it is no. just a, as I say, like a like a holiday novel where you can take it away with you, read a little bit a day. You know, it's not like Mother, Father, Son, where there's a lot going on. This is this is the sort of polar opposite, really, isn't it? The, sort this of is sort your of brain off and let it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think a lot of people like those sort of things because you know, if you're getting home from work, you know, there's this 9 p.m. drama on. You don't want to concentrate on it too much. I think that's what it's there for, really. Yeah, I just I just felt watching it like, oh, I'd seen this before. It just didn't have mm. Catherine Kelly. Even the structure yeah. of it and the way the police were involved, I thought, yeah, I know this. This is lying. Really, really awful police officers again. Oh. So I think we've been pretty positive all the way through everything this week. <laughs> uh, Cheat is on, as I say, every night next week on ITV, or this week, depending on how soon you jump on the podcast. Okay, so now it's time for Helen to shine or not? Not. <laughs> so you've not been reading your old copies of the Radio Times and the TV encyclopedias to, to get ready for this week's edition of Boxmaster. Okay, let's begin. Your bonuses this week, Helen, are either Lost in Translation or Shows Within Shows. Oh, God. Uh, shows Within Shows. Okay. Um, you might do quite well on this, actually, then. Oh, um, so, um, <laughs> that's fine. Um, so, question I already one. feel a bit sick. Question number one. Which 1990s UK drama featured the characters Miles Stewart, Anna Forbes and Egg Cook? Oh, God. Um... This is my problem, is that I can't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a stumbling block. Yeah, no, sorry, I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> um, Luke, any ideas? This life. This life. The sorry, we didn't realise when we booked Helen she suffers from amnesia. We didn't know that when, when we had her off. Honestly, I'm terrible. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Are you one of those people who just doesn't remember the titles of things? You know, when yeah. you watch a show, you're like, I've seen him in something. What was that called? Is that, That's me. Know? And I can't. And that one from Corrie, like that actress from Corrie. <laughs> <laughs> the the events of this is question number two. The events of Downton Abbey primarily take place in which UK county? Um, Gloucester. No, it's, it's Yorkshire. Is the answer um. there? 
Okay. I did like the way you said Gloucester, though. That might be a text alert for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your first bonus shows within shows. In episodes, um, the lead character in the sitcom written by Tasman Gregg and Stephen Mangan's characters goes from being an elderly British headmaster to the coach of what type of sports team? So which type, what type of sports do the team play? Ooh. I can see it. Sorry, I'm not playing. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> is it, um, oh, is it lacrosse? Oh, ever so close. It's ice hockey. Mm, not really. I would, oh. I, if, if I were playing, I'd have given you that. Um, okay, so question number four. Give me some rope, tie me to dream, give me the hope to run out of steam are the first lines of the theme tune to which US sitcom? Um, is it... Oh, is it... Um, is, is it Community? Well done. Three points. <laughs> Oh, thank God I got one. <laughs> <laughs> I, you can go to the office now with your head yeah, held right <laughs> What was the main product sold by Wernham Hogg in the, Wernham Hogg in the original UK office and by Dunder Mifflin in the US remake? Paper. Yeah, well done. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I felt at the beginning of Boxmaster Helen was slowly losing weight, but she... <laughs> 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 Okay. So question number six, second bonus on shows within shows. What is the name of the ultra-complicated quiz show that is the basis for one of the recurring sketches on the Michelin web look? Oh, is it Number Wang? Yeah, well done. Oh, yes. <laughs> look at you getting all cooking out. I'm in my stride now. <laughs> question number seven um, is a year one. In what year did Countdown, The Young Ones and A Low Low all debut on British TV screens? Um, uh, 82? Well done! No! <laughs> Number eight! What was the first name of Hugh Laurie's Doctor House in the medical drama House? Oh god, um, oh no I can't remember. <laughs> I'm gonna guess with Lawrence. <laughs> uh, do you know? No, I don't know. No. I just thought if that, if that Lawrence had turned out to be true, I would have fallen off the chair. No. The, an the answer is Gregory. Gregory House. That That's close. <laughs> Your final bonus on shows within shows. When the Whistle Blows is the factory set sitcom written by the lead character in which series? Um... You've seen it. Oh no! We've discussed it today. Oh! So who gave a, people are going to complain if you start giving clues. No, they'll be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh, it's not extras, is it? It is extras, well done. Oh my <laughs> Anyone God. would think, Matt, that you'd spent a lot of time watching Ricky Gervais stuff I know. this week. It has all sort of coincided... <laughs> Drawing the curtain back, I wrote a lot of these questions a week ago and then thought, hang on, we're talking about Ricky Gervais show this week. <laughs> um, by your principle. And, and final, final question, number 10. Which reality TV show hosted by Amanda Holden and boasting a judging panel that included John French and Jason Donovan was won by Ben Forster in 2012? Um, was, it, was it the Joseph one? No, unfortunately, no. it was the Jesus one. It was super. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was close there, actually. <laughs> You're in the ballpark, but yeah. Yeah. Wrong, wrong biblical character. Yeah. Um, but I think 21, Helen. So are you well joking? done. You are top. Of, is she top of the top leaderboard? Of the leaderboard. Oh my god. <laughs> I have to apologise to Will because that they were genuine guesses. <laughs> God, I love, I love all that. Okay, so if you think you can do better than Helen, although she's top of the leaderboard on Boxmaster, get in touch. Or if you think you've got a question that could absolutely stump one of our guests, uh, then get in touch there. We're at Custard TV Pod on Twitter, or I'm at Luke Custard TV, and Matt's at Matt TV Bytes. We're all over the internet. Spotify, you can tell Blooming your Alexa device to play us on TuneIn Tune Radio. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere. Send us an email, CustardTVReviews oh, yeah. at com. Uh, we're still looking for suggestions for our rewind feature, where Which we'll be... We, said we started to talk about that in early January, and here we yeah. are at the beginning of March. Well, we have had some suggestions. Twin Peaks came up, um, oh. Grey's Anatomy, which will take us the best part of about a decade <laughs> way through. <laughs> If you've got any suggestions for a show you want us to sort of go episode by episode through, um, get in touch on Twitter, on Facebook, on email. But Luke, what's on the site this week? Uh, there, is, there are reviews of Afterlife, which just is not, it's not very, quite very, as scathing yeah, as ours. Very eloquent, I have to say. Will yeah. Will wrote that one. He sort of echoed a lot of my views, actually. I think Helen was eloquent as well. Give her a yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just sort of slagging you off here, really. <laughs> Very kind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mother, Father, Son as well, and we'll have other stuff up there. It's thecustardtv.com. Also, I feel like we're leaving the show this week on a bit of a cliffhanger because everyone who listens now will wonder, how did Helen know that Blockbusters and a lower low started in 1982? <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I don't know I if it was what. the countdown one because that was the first show on Channel 4. Maybe you knew when Channel 4 started. Yeah, it sounds no. like you probably did. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't born then, but okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you can go into the office now completely just with a spring in your step. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm, I'm chuffed. I'm really chuffed. <laughs> I know. Top of the leaderboard. Congratulations. We'll be back in two weeks when TV really kicks into a higher gear. we got Pose on FX, The Bay on ITV. Uh, both worthy of discussion American Gods is back on Amazon as well so we'll be discussing that thank you very much Helen for joining us thank you so much for having me and make sure to listen to Helen's Netflix centred podcast called Netflix where can people find that Uh, we're on Acast, Spotify and iTunes the big three yeah and you can follow us on Twitter as well it's at Netflixedpod 
And do you know what you're discussing on your next one? Uh, yes, it's going to be Turn Up Charlie, uh, Idris Elba's new comedy on Netflix. What did you think of that in sort of a sentence? Um, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's up there with cheats as far as your recommendations go. I mean, I like Idris Elba, so I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we'll be back soon. It has been the Custard TV Podcast. Bye. 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 Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.